Hello, listeners. Happy, happy new year to each and every one of you. This is Dr. Janet here. Welcome to my first podcast of 2020. Today's episode is titled Leadership in Crisis, the Case for Values, Principles, and Ethics. In my last episode, I talked about the importance of the relationship between managers and direct reports and how that relationship might just be the most important relationship in organizational life today. I also talked about when this relationship is weak, negative, abusive, or even non-existent, the impact to the organization and the individual is quite severe and substantial. Employees will subsequently tend to leave to escape a toxic work environment. Now, employees or direct reports are not the only ones who leave organizational life voluntarily or involuntarily. CEOs or chief executive officers are also leaving organizations in record numbers and for a myriad of reasons. From January through November of 2019, according to reports by CNN, NBC, CBS, and Forbes, approximately 1,500 CEOs either resigned or were fired from their posts. Now, this was a 12% increase over the same period last year. In early December 2019 alone, four CEOs resigned. Now, the companies that lost CEOs in 2019 make up a pretty impressive list. Many are startups, of course, but others are companies that most of us recognize, and in many cases, we hold these companies in high regard, but they too have experienced CEO turnover. So what are the names of some of the companies who lost a CEO in 2019 and found themselves on this list of 1500. So here's a sampling of the companies of that on that list. Boeing, WeWork, Nike, Jewel, eBay, Overstock, SoulCycle, Under Armour, McDonald's, Away, Best Buy, Blue Apron, Expedia, Gap, HBO, and United Airlines. Now as I said, this is just a sampling But even as a sampling, this is a pretty notable list of organizations. Additionally, this list is not reflective of companies that are restricted to one industry or vertical or even organizational tenure. What's even more impressive though, are the reasons why many of these 1500 CEOs resigned or were ousted last year. Now, let me say for the record, that some CEOs left their posts because they truly believed it was time for them to leave and they wanted to move on to the next challenge. Now take for example, the United Airlines CEO, Oscar Munoz. Now Mr. Munoz announced in late 2019 that he would, he would be leaving his CEO post effective early 2020. Now under the tenure and leadership of Mr. Munoz, United rebuilt itself as an industry giant and its stock rose 50% under his leadership. Now, even though he announced his resignation, he will be staying with the organization as chairman. Now, let's contrast that with, say, the CEO of Nike, who uh, was with Nike for 40 years. So after 40 years, last year, he announced that he was stepping down 
due to not one, but two scandals, including multiple lawsuits concerning alleged gender discrimination and the existence of a good old boys club culture. Or take the CEO of Overstock, who resigned after disclosing that he had been in a romantic relationship with a woman accused of being a Russian spy who tried to infiltrate circles of political power before the 2016 presidential election. Now, I can go on and on and give you many more examples of CEOs who resigned or were asked to step down because of very difficult and challenging situations. Now, considering the 2019 performance of the stock market and its record highs, plus the existence of a strong economy and low unemployment, 1,500 CEOs quitting or being ousted is a significant number. And as I said earlier, that number is 12% higher than same period in 2018. So what's going on, folks? Well, there's a couple of things I believe is going on. First, in the era of Time's Up and Me Too, corporate boards are finally becoming more rigid in their standard of what's acceptable and unacceptable behavior of its senior leaders. This is totally appropriate and I think is long overdue. Anyone, anyone in a leadership role must be held to a very high standard of personal and professional behavior and character. Now, unsurprisingly, many of the CEOs ousted, and by ousted, I simply mean they were fired or asked to leave, were let go because of either personal scandal and or because they dragged their company into a personal scandal that if they were not removed, their presence or their continued presence would have had an adverse impact on the company's financial position, its image, or both. Boards are more proactively today listening to their shareholders. And shareholders, as we know, care about getting strong returns on their investments. Thus, personal behavior of CEOs and other executives cannot be allowed to stand in the way. Secondly, scandals are usually rooted or ignited by unethical behavior. Now, let me say that again. Scandals are usually and often rooted or ignited by some type of unethical behavior. Now, in my opinion, rarely is the unethical nature of the behavior that leads to the scandal unknown as being unethical. In other words, this excuse of, oh, I didn't know I was doing something wrong or unethical is an excuse that's hard to swallow. In fact, is very hard to believe. Behavior that tends to lead to scandal, I believe, is often known to be unethical and the behavior is often intentional because it usually comes with an attempt or accompanied by an attempt to deceive, to commit fraud or other unethical action for personal gain. But this brings up both a challenge and an opportunity for organizations who desire to develop principled and ethical leaders who can not only get the results, 
the financial results that the company needs, but who can build a strong team of engaged, innovative, inspired, and motivated workers through ethical principles and value-driven behavior. Yet, folks, values, principles, and ethics are often topics that are not found front and center in leadership development programs. And this, in my opinion, is a significant void. See, when it comes to character, I believe that one's ability to lead with values, lead with principles, lead with ethics is determined in large part by the content of one's character. Now, what exactly does does this mean? Content of one's character. You probably are pretty familiar with that phrase because that phrase was perfectly positioned in Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. Now, in 2016, Dr. Greg Enriquez wrote an article in Psychology Today and attempted to clarify the meaning and the intentionality of this statement, the content of one's character. So this is what Dr. Enriquez wrote in his 2016 Psychology Today article. And personally, I think he really brought to life and successfully clarified the intent of those words. And he states, and I quote, the content of one's character refers to the core ethical values of honesty and integrity, respecting others, taking responsibility for one's actions, being fair and just, and being someone who promotes love and compassion in others. We can also think about the content of one's character in terms of core virtues and the extent to which one embodies wisdom, humility, courage, justice, temperance, and the value of human dignity. Now, ladies and gentlemen, listening to this podcast, here's my question for you. Are these not the same qualities that we want and need in leaders and people managers today? Are these not the same qualities that we believe could mobilize, inspire, motivate, and drive employees to do their very best? Of course they are. Of course they are. Unfortunately, many organizations through their leadership development efforts are not producing leaders that possess these qualities. One of the things that we have to remember is the phrase leadership development is very different from leadership training. Leadership training is just that. It's giving training a one-day class, two-day class, three-day class, or a series of training to people and expecting them to come back transformed, expecting them to come back different. Leadership development is about developing individuals, the whole person. Yes, it does include some training, but that training has to be accompanied with experiential opportunity, the ability to bring back what was learned in a training class and introduce it into the work environment where the transformation can be observed and acknowledged and encouraged. So one of the things that I suggest to all of you 
is when you think of leadership development, don't come anywhere close to thinking about leadership training. Leadership development is about leadership. It's about developing the whole person. It's not just about uh, leadership skills, leadership characteristics. It's about unlocking what's important to the person inside. Why do they want to lead? What is their motivation for wanting to lead? To what extent do they uh, possess the ability to be empathetic and to be compassionate? To what extent are they committed to being fair and just? To what extent are they committed to taking responsibility for their own action and respecting others and respecting differences and respecting others who have differences of opinion. So when it comes to developing leaders, if we truly want leaders who um, live up to this notion of the content of one's character, which Dr. Enrique's stated refers to core ethical values of honesty, integrity, respecting others, then we have to change our mental model from develop from training leaders to developing leaders, developing people to be their very best so that they can be the type of leaders that organizations need and want today. Now, I'm in my next podcast episode, I'm going to start or initiate a deep dive into helping um, you and your organization understand the current state of leadership development today and the current state of the effectiveness or ineffectiveness of your leaders. And I'll go into that in much more detail in my next podcast. I will also share um, a strategy for how to pick apart the current state of leadership in your organization to get to the heart of exactly what it is you need to know and what do you, and what do you need to understand so that any leadership development initiative can have a strong chance of surviving and not only surviving, but being successful. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. I do know that there are plenty of podcast options out there, and I really and sincerely appreciate you choosing to listen to mine. As you listen to this and other episodes, please note that you can send me a voicemail with a question, especially if you're listening on the Anchor FM platform. I will most likely answer your question uh, on air in a future episode. One last thing is if you have received value uh, out of this podcast, please feel free to share the link with friends and colleagues. And as a public speaker, I welcome any and all invitations to speaking on the topic of leadership, employee engagement, um, ethics, principles, executive coaching, and a myriad of other topics. So if your organization is in need of a workshop or a conference speaker, please reach out to me via my website. Happy New Year, and I hope to see you uh, as a listener in a future podcast. Once again, welcome to 2020. Happy New Year.